Hi again, I'm Melanie Hirshhorn, the digital content creator and marketing strategist and coach for women business owners. And welcome back to another episode of VIP Access. VIP stands for Visibility, Impact, Profit. And this podcast will get you inspired and fired up about content creation and marketing yourself and your brand. Each week, you'll get marketing and mindset strategies, actionable tips, and the motivation you need to land more clients, nurture your leads, and position yourself as an expert in your industry. We also go behind the scenes with powerful women in business to discuss strategies, messaging, and more. My mission is to empower you to stop spinning your wheels and to make your mark with your marketing. Ready to wow your ideal client and create a community of raving fans? Let's dive into today's episode. Hi again, I'm Melanie Hirshhorn, digital content creator and marketing coach at VIP Digital Marketing Masters. Welcome back to another episode of VIP Access. This is a podcast for women entrepreneurs to get inspired and fired up about marketing their product and service-based businesses. We go behind the scenes with powerful women in business and learn about the importance of getting your brand's message out into the world. Whether you're just dipping your toe into entrepreneurship or you're already well on your way to world domination, this is the place to get strategies, actionable tips, and the motivation you need to get your messaging on point. Ready to get tips from the pros to help you attract your ideal clients and customers and position yourself as an expert in your industry? Let's dive into today's episode. Hi, and welcome back to VIP Access. I'm Melanie Hershorn. My guest today is Chris Majernik, and her company is not named after one of my favorite songs from Reservoir Dogs, but it is still a really cool company. So her business is called Green Bag. Wait, I called that wrong. What is it, Chris? Yeah, Green Green Bag Bag Designs. That's it, Green Bag Designs. So she started her business almost 10 years ago with only a beautiful green bag and a mission. Her mission was to provide small businesses with full service marketing, and it would be at a price that they deserved. Now she gets to spend her days assisting ambitious entrepreneurs to stand out and elevate their brand voice through their digital communications. And she totally gets jazzed when she's talking about websites, copy layouts, and being genuine to your audience. And of course, in her off hours, just to make her even cooler, she has a podcast called I Want to Marry John Cusack, and she writes scandalous fiction novels. Welcome, Chris. It is so nice to have you. I'm so happy to be here. Let's cut to the chase. What is it with John Cusack? What's What about John Cusack? Oh, he took my heart when I was just a young girl and has had it ever since. That moment in Say Anything where he holds up the boombox, just it did it for me. You know, it's really funny is I saw that movie when I was in my 30s and I was like, what is this? Yeah. <laughs> I think you have to be young to appreciate You have to be young. I watched it over the weekend, a couple of weekends ago. It really doesn't hold up. Uh, It's definitely for like a young girl, a young grouping when you just think everything is magical and anything is possible. And yeah, 
It does not hold up. There's actually a lot of red flags in it now that I watch it as an adult. Oh, no, I know. I was already a jaded married lady when I saw it. So, so yeah, that's so funny. All right. So let's actually talk about the green bag design situation, though, because yeah. so you're wearing green, you have a green pen, and you are all green. Is it because we love money or is it because, no, I'm just teasing. Is it because green <laughs> inspires you? What What is it about green? What, what was it about that green? bag that you had? Yeah, I think green is a very emotional color. It reminds us a lot of nature and being rooted. But really what it boils down to is I walked into a Kate Spade store and saw this green bag and it it was just, it took my breath away. Same kind of feeling with John Cusack holding the boombox. I just had this feeling that I had to have this bag. It fit all of my things in it, my purse, my laptop, my keys, my wallet, the 15 types of gum I like to carry around. It fit it all. And I just knew at that point I could take this bag, I could carry it with me and I could do all the things with it. You see this bag, it fits everything in it. What does that represent for you though? I think it gave me this feeling of empowerment that I didn't have before. Kind of like when you buy like a new shirt or a new pair of shoes and you put it on, you know, very Carrie Bradshaw style and you walk out of the house and you just feel so good about yourself. That's what that purse did for me. And it, It was something I could take to all of my appointments. It was very recognizable. So when I was meeting people for the first time, it was great to be like, oh, I'm the one with the green bag. And even now around the town I live in, I'll have people like send me a photo on Instagram. They'll be like, green bag spotted. So it's really fun to kind of play that game with everyone. of like, where's the green bag going today? That's really fun. So how do you bring that feeling of, you know, presenting yourself as your best self to your clients? How do you do that for your clients? I think it's really hard for, uh, especially us as women, to feel confident about something, to feel proud about something, to be able to say, like, I am good at this, or this is my strength. And so a lot of times I do fall back to that, like, feeling I had when I got the purse of like, okay, I can do this. Like, this is my empowerment moment. And so finding something that these clients can have that's similar to that, that makes them feel good about themselves or that they can remind themselves, even if it's like a testimonial or some kind of saying, or even like a perfume or a lipstick or anything like that, that brings us back to that moment of like, we can do this. Like I got this. Like a really cool talisman of some sort. I like that. Yes. Like a talisman. Yeah, absolutely. Let's talk about website design because that is definitely your bag. Pun intended. Pun intended. (laughs) Thank you for the laugh. So riddle me this. Why do people need a website? Well, it's really about getting found. Not so much getting found like on the internet, but having that secure, like this is a real business kind of feel. When you have a Facebook page, anyone can have a Facebook page. But usually when you have a business, it's very official. It's very strong. You can post your testimonials on there. You can post your thoughts on there, your articles, your showcase. There's so much you can do with your website. And I think a lot of times we do think like, well, I have a Google business page or I have a Facebook page. I don't need a website. But it really just adds that extra layer of like, I am an official business. This is what I do. This is not a hobby of mine. So I think it gives it that. Plus anytime you want to, you know, showcase something, you really have to do it through a website and all the other various tools, social media and YouTube and things like that. But those are all the things that I would say. And I would also say it gives you street cred because if you go to a business and it doesn't have a website, you're like, is this a real business? And that's what I would say too about companies that have just a little like 
tidbit that I feel companies that have like an at gmail.com instead of like at their business address.com oftentimes in Google or not Google GoDaddy or like Bluehost or the company where you bought your domain for your website, you can often even get like an alias email where it says at so-and-so.com without you even having to pay for an email, but the email addresses are only $6 a month. And the amount of credibility it gives you to have an email address with your website on it, it's just get rid of the gmail.com. <laughs> Absolutely. And definitely get rid of the aol.com. <laughs> Does that even really work? Don't you need to dial up to check your email? <laughs> yeah. Better to have a Gmail than an AOL for sure. Well, yes, definitely. Now you primarily work in WordPress and Mm -hmm. there are so many different kinds of websites out there that you can have. I am thankfully switching over to WordPress because of your amazingness. So what would you recommend for somebody who's just starting out and they don't know how to do WordPress themselves and they don't think that they can afford to hire a phenomenal person such as yourself to create a website for them? What would you recommend for them to do? All right. So there's really three to four basic builders that most people are using. There's Weebly, Wix, Squarespace, and WordPress. And I would say WordPress is definitely for the more advanced user. It's a little bit more complicated. The tutorials are a little harder. Squarespace and Wix both have a really good platform of like support. And I think Squarespace, in my opinion, is like one of the easiest ones to get off the ground and get going in the same day that you start. Wix often touts itself as that, but I often think Wix has too many options. And when we have too many options, we can go a little crazy. I mean, picture yourself at a donut shop and there's 50 different donuts. You're going to spend all day trying to figure out which one you want. So I like Squarespace. I like how basic it is. I like how easy it is to format. I think it's a very great starter website. And then what I always love is if someone started a website with Squarespace, it makes my job so much easier to transfer them to a WordPress site or to elevate their site. And that also brings the cost down because they've done a lot of the work themselves already. Okay. So let's say somebody has a Squarespace website and they love it, but then they realize that they're not getting the SEO juice that they could be if they were on a WordPress site. And I'll just explain what SEO juice is, which is not, it's not really a thing, but search engine optimization is basically allowing search engines to find your website. And the way you do that is through blog posts and through the SEO specifically typed into the back end of your site. On Squarespace, and I know this because I've built several, (laughs) never again, never again, but I I have done it. (laughs) On Squarespace, there just isn't a lot of places to put all that SEO information where it exists in so many wonderful places on WordPress. Right. WordPress has a built-in plugin now. Um, In the past couple of years, they've built it into all of their themes, and it's called Yoast. And the Yoast plugin allows you to easily see, it actually gives you a traffic light report of every single page on your site, every single blog, red, yellow, green. And it tells you how to get to green on every single page. So it makes that SEO process so much easier. I hate that little angry man. (laughs) I sit there and I go, are we yellow yet? Are we yellow yet? yet? (laughs) What is passive voice? (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, I don't speak in passive voice. Do I write in it? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, it's very rewarding when you finally get to that green level and then you know that your page is optimized for the keyword you want to be optimized for. And I think that's the hard part is that we try to make too many of our pages try to do too many functions. 
And when we're focusing on SEO, we really want to divvy it down to the exact purpose of that page. So if it's just social media content, if it's just website design, not trying to do all of our services on one page, but really divvying and digging down deep into those specific niches. Mm-hmm. So somebody would want to have keywords because that's how they're found. That's yeah. how people searching for them find them. So right. how important are pictures on your website? Pictures, as we know, pictures are a thousand words. If you don't have pictures on your site, it's just a block of text. And while that's fine for the Google bots, um, because they just want to read everything, it's not fine for the customer. If all we look at is a big block of text, our mind, our eyes go fuzzy, and we don't really recognize anything anymore. You have to keep in mind whenever someone's coming to a website, they're usually there for one to three seconds. So if we don't catch their interest in the first three seconds, they're out. And so if your website takes three seconds to load, they're out. If they go on and all they see is text, they're out. So that's why iconography, imagery, video, any kind of movement is going to pull someone in a lot faster than just that block of text. And iconography, that's like little pictures that you see, you know, like, like yeah. you know, like three like in a, a row. a little telephone or a little, yeah, a little like picture, or a little Facebook icon or something like that. Yeah. Okay. That's pretty cool because I only started to see that in the last few years. I never noticed that before on other websites. How yeah. about sliding, sliders? I find those to be highly distracting and annoying, but are those, is that a trend that people are, are staying with or to kind of veering away from? It goes back to the movement aspect. So anytime we can have movement, anytime we can have video, really, we're going to have a much bigger response just from a user experience. Having that video is really important. I read a stat the other day that was like 90% of people remember a video more than they remember text. So if you can get something into a slider where there's movement, it doesn't have to be like a video like we're shooting right now, but any kind of movement is considered a video. And that is, that's going to get you more attention and someone's going to stay focused a little bit longer. We're used to sliding a lot. Like we're used to sliding on our phones. We're used to swiping left. Like there's a lot of sliding. So I think that, um, that we're very used to it and we just don't want it to go too fast. Does that slow down the website though? So it depends on how you're using it. Like a lot of times when you're using video, your website will actually have to go to like a YouTube or a Vimeo and pull the data from those sites. And that's when it slows it down. WordPress, Wix, those sites allow you to embed the video inside the website files. And so it's pulling from the website files itself, whereas Squarespace, you have to go to like a YouTube and that's when it sometimes slows it down. So it depends on like where you're storing it, how high the resolution is, like a lot of components. You can actually test your site speed. If you just Google like site speed tester, it'll tell you how long it takes to pull it on and then what's slowing it down as well. Okay. So one to three seconds is not a lot of time. No. Mm -mm. Like I'm thinking, I mean, people probably look at my ridiculous Facebook meme longer than that. Well, and and that's why I see a lot of websites where we get onto the the experience. And the first thing I see is like the about me. And if if you're a business coach or something like that, I can see why that would be like your driving factor. But what you really want to say is like, all right, if I'm coming at it from a customer 
That's why a lot of uh, websites you see now ask like a question right away because they want to get to the pain point immediately. What is your problem? Here is your solution. If I can tell you I'm solving your problem within the first three seconds, I've got you hooked. But if I'm spending that three seconds telling you about my dog and how I started my business 15 years ago, like I'm just wasting time. So I love that component. And I think that's very genuine and needs to be on your site. It just needs to be lower. And the top really needs to be focused on pulling them in instantly, like hooking a fish. Absolutely. I could not agree more. And, you know, a lot of people don't realize that the about page should also be about your potential client or customer. Yeah. This really isn't about you. It's not, and definitely not about your dog. It is not about you people. It is about your client. That everything you do should be geared toward being about your client or your customer, right? So it's funny yet we have photos, we have photos of ourselves on our website, but we're actually talking about somebody else. Yeah. We want them to be able to, you want them to be able to relate to you. And so if you can explain your own story in a way that's relatable, then that's always going to be a lot better. But like, we can't all relate to like, I grew up in Atlanta and then I moved here. Like, no one cares about that. But if you say like, I've been through a lot of things, like people can relate to that kind of stuff. Or if, especially if it's part of your brand, like if you're talking to women and you say, you know, I struggled starting my business, that's instantly relatable and emotional. But if you're just like, you know, I started my business 10 years ago, like that doesn't make anyone feel supported. That's just like, oh, good on you. Exactly. And often people start their bios with that 10 years yeah. ago. Or I went to the school. It's great to have the school on there. But like, again, you know, maybe a bullet like farther down. I don't know. In my experience in business, it's really about who you know and not where you went to school. That's very true. The only time it's good is like if you are talking to a fellow grad, then sometimes it helps. You're like, go blue or whatever your school is. Whatever your school is. (laughs) Whatever your school is. I didn't even go to Michigan. My husband did. Yeah, exactly. But I just know go blue. My children do too. Yeah, go blue. So so when we're talking about getting our message out into the world, a Mm -hmm. website is a wonderful way to do it. And would you say that having your story on there front and center will draw people in? I think it's good to have, so think of your front page of your website, like a a first chapter of a book or a table of contents. You're really there to just draw them in further. So give a teaser about yourself. What's like the most relatable thing that your clients will hook into and tease that and then put a button. Uh, Your homepage should be covered in calls to action. I mean, not like so many where it's like, oh God, what do I do? But like every section should kind of have a purpose and drive people farther into the site. So you're about, you know, maybe a cute picture, a little like two sentence, learn more, send it to the about page. If they want to read more, they will. If they want to schedule a call, they will. And we want to keep in mind the goal of the site is to get a conversion. So either a contact form or a phone call and not to talk about like, how your dog, your is. dog. Yeah. <laughs> I love, I mean, people love your dog, but there's a time and a place. Absolutely. Stories. <laughs> right. Exactly. That's exactly where your dog should be. My dog's currently on my feet. I don't know why that's so podcast too, apparently. Um, <laughs> so that, that is such great advice because so often we don't realize that we need to have a call to action in so many different places. And a call to action truly is leading people somewhere to get them to do something. And I love how you said to have a conversion and a conversion doesn't have to be that they just bought a shirt on your website. What, what would you qualify as a conversion? Signing up for your email list is a huge one. Downloading something to go into a sales funnel. 
scheduling a call with you, even going to your services tab is at least something that they're doing. And you can track that they've at least gone to that page. Um, but yeah, anytime you can get someone to enter their email address, it's gold. Because if you can get them on your email list, you can get them into your sales funnel, you can convert them into a client. You can at least stay in touch with them. I think that's what we we see a lot when we're running like, I have a lot of clients that'll run like Google ads and they'll be like, none of my Google ads are working. And it's like, when I go to the landing page they're setting up, there's nothing to do there except click off and go somewhere else. So you've got to have some kind of call to action conversion on your homepage. I love a downloadable if it's really helpful. Um, I love a schedule an appointment if that's a really great call to action for you. Anything that's tangible that we can track the links on or collect an email address. Okay. So for us metric challenged humans... (laughs) What are the main metrics we need to pay attention to? Don't don't go too much into the metric words because it makes yeah. me confused. Please. Thank you. Yeah. A lot of people will check out how many people are visiting their site, but they won't look at the bounce rate. So a typical website bounce rate from what I've seen, and I haven't run any reports about it because I feel like it's depressing, um, but usually you'll see about a 50 to 60% bounce rate on your website. And what that is, is it's not necessarily people that are coming to your site and then kicking right off. It's usually the bots that are searching your site for new content or someone that's trying to break into the back end of your site. It's usually not really like valid. So I usually try to shy away from people going like, oh, my bounce rate's really high. Like look more at how many people are coming to your site and staying more than that three seconds, where they're hitting. You can actually do a heat map of your website so you can see like where people are clicking so you can see how they're using it. And um, keep in mind that everyone uses a website differently. So some people just stay in the menu bar. Some people kind of play around on the page. Some people go all the way to your footer to look for your contact form. So you need to make sure wherever someone is looking, they have an opportunity to find you. What's the most important thing to have on your website? Probably a contact form of some sort. I cannot tell you how many businesses I come across where they don't have a phone number. And I know that a lot of companies don't like putting their phone. I don't want to get a call at 2 a.m. Like you can screen it. You can put it on silent. But not having a phone number is often at times very dangerous because, again, we all use websites differently. Some people want to call you. Some people want to email you. Some people want to schedule an appointment. If you're not getting all of those options, you're probably missing out on some stuff. And that might be okay for you. But if you're trying to get a bunch of leads or if you're trying to get a lot of work, put your put your phone number on there. You can always get a Google phone number too. They're free. And if you get a Google number, then you can have that as a screening number. So you're not picking it up and going like, hey, Kelly, let's go get drinks. And you're picking it up as a very professional manner. You can also set your own voicemail for that for your Google business number, which is great. So they don't get your like real voicemail. They get your business voicemail. Awesome advice. Okay. So where can people find you and Green Bag Designs? Yeah. So I'm at greenbagdesigns.com, on Instagram at Green Bag Designs, Facebook at Green Bag Designs, walking around Charleston, South Carolina with my green bag. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's where we're at. Awesome. Chris, thank you so much for joining today. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Millie. I'm really excited about it. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of VIP Access. We can't let the fun end here. Please join our private Facebook group at vipdigital.live slash community, where you'll get live trainings and other great tips all about digital marketing. 
And if you've enjoyed listening to this podcast, head over to iTunes and leave me a rating and a review. This tells iTunes that you found the show helpful and they'll share it with more women entrepreneurs like you. As reviews come in, I'll be reading them on the podcast and you will get a shout out. Have an amazing day, friend. And remember, your message matters. You've written a book, now what? If you're ready to implement a simple content marketing strategy to create buzz around your book and your brand, schedule your free sparkles and strategy call with me, Melanie Hirshhorn, at contentstrategycall.com. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of VIP Access. We can't let the fun end here. To find out how engaging your content is, take the content quiz at mycontentquiz.com. Plus, you're invited to join our private Facebook group at vipdigital.live slash community, where you'll get live trainings and other great tips all about digital marketing. And if you've enjoyed listening to this podcast, head over to iTunes and leave me a rating and review. This tells iTunes that you found the show helpful and they'll share it with more women business owners just like you. Thank you so much for listening.